Hi, this is David Dickens, and today we are doing one of my favorite types of podcasts. We're going to tackle a couple of listener questions. Jason is asking about the complexities of keeping his 401k after he's retired. And Megan has some really good questions about her elderly father and whether they should do some uh, financial transactions, so to speak, before he passes. I think we got some good answers for that, and I'll go get Walter and we'll get started. Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Welcome to another edition of Cover Your Assets KC. Walter Storholt here alongside David Dickens, President Wealth Advisor of KC Financial Advisor and a great, great question answerer here on the podcast. As David said, one of his favorite types of shows is when we get to answer some listener questions. And we've got two good ones to tackle on today's show. But David, before we dive into the nitty and gritty on each of those questions, how's life treating you so far? You know, it's been a really good February. Um, Can't really account for it other than we've had ridiculous weather. So anytime you can chalk up some 60 degree days and sunny in February, it's been a really good February. How plus about you? A, plus a Super Bowl win. So plus yeah. a, exactly. On Can't top forget of a ridiculous that. February. Yeah. That's right. No Everybody's one. getting all excited about the potential three-peat for next year. It's been, it's been a good month for Kansatonians. I will say I haven't yet bought any swag, any Super Bowl swag. I've got my eye on a on a, ah. on a good looking long sleeve T shirt, but prices are still full retail, and I'm kind of a <laughs> kind of waiting for it to come down a little bit. Ready, ready, for, ready for that discount shirt to come through. Let's exactly. See. So I've got my eye on some stuff. Nice. Do you do that every every time they win a championship? You try to get a little, uh, just a little something to commemorate. Every time, because at my age, what you know is we went 50 years between Super Bowl wins. Yeah. So you're like, well, I mean, it looks awesome, and we could be the, the new New England Patriots, but what if we're not? I better get my swag now. Yeah, it's a great point. Yeah, They've got me right where they vintage. want me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Well, great. Let's dive into these questions. I'm sure Jason and Megan are eager to hear some responses uh, to what's been on their minds lately in terms of uh, financial and retirement planning. By the way, if you have a question for David that you'd like to submit to be featured on a future show, you can do that on the website, coveryourassetskc.com. Just look for the contact form. And of course, you don't always have to have your question featured on the show. You can just ask them directly to David as well. We'll give you the full contact info at the end of the show, or you can just check the description of this episode uh, for that contact info. All right, so Jason, we're going to let go first today. Jason says, I retired recently, David, and have found that it's incredibly cumbersome to withdraw money from my 401k. My Social Security check obviously arrives monthly, and I'd like to make monthly withdrawals from the 401k as well. But it's such a hassle to make these withdrawals that I'm inclined to just take money out once a year, keep it in the bank, and then spend as needed. But then I'd have money sitting in the bank for a year with virtually no interest. Not to mention the fact that I might accidentally spend too much if it's all just sitting there in my checking account. Do you have any solutions for what I'm going through? So Jason, that is a real common question that I deal with in in my practice. And the good news is now versus two years ago, you actually do earn some interest. So it wouldn't be the worst thing to have the money sitting around in in your bank account for Uh, the next year. However, I've got a way better solution for you. All you really need to do is roll this 401k over into an IRA rollover. So there are no tax implications to that whatsoever, as long as you go custodian to custodian. If your 401k, if you call up your 401k provider and say, hey, 
I want to do a rollover. Just send me a check and I'll get it to my advisor or Fidelity or Schwab or wherever you're going to go. What they're going to say is, well, Jason, we'll do that, but we're going to have to withhold taxes on that. And you're going to say, wait a minute, I'm rolling it over. And they say, yeah, sorry, the rules say that we have to withhold taxes. So you do not want to do a 60-day rollover. You want to go custodian to custodian. Once it's at the new custodian, Jason, so you have, you have a couple of choices. You, if you're a good do-it-yourselfer, then, do, then be a do-it-yourselfer and, and set up the investments just the way you want them. And you can go in and manage them anytime you want. I'm sure, depending on the custodian, you'll do that for no cost. If you're not a good do-it-yourselfer, find a good financial advisor. And what they'll do is set up those investments for you. And then either way, what you're going to want to do is have money come out of that, that new IRA rollover every month. You might decide to do it every two weeks, like your old paycheck. But most of my clients say, I just want it once a month. You pick the day that they send it into your checking account. And you also decide whether you want them to withhold taxes. So I always recommend my clients so that we don't have uh, quarterly, they don't have to do quarterly estimated payments on their taxes. They just have the money, the, the taxes withheld, both state and federal. Jason, you don't say where you live, but you might be in a state where your Social Security isn't even taxable. You can kind of take a look at this. But the money coming out of your 401k, your new IRA rollover is going to be fully taxable, just like it's a paycheck. So get it to a rolled over situation at a new custodian, get the investments set up, and then start a systematic withdrawal out of that IRA. You can go in and change the amount anytime you want. You can adjust the withholding tax amounts anytime you want. It is super, super simple to get this set up if you're a pretty good do-it-yourselfer. If you're not, then any financial advisor worth their salt will be able to figure this out for you very quickly. One other benefit for doing this rollover, Jason, is let's say that you've had a couple of jobs in your career and maybe you already have an IRA rollover. Maybe you already have a financial advisor. Well, then it's simple because all you're doing is rolling this money into that existing account. But here's the nice thing. If you keep an IRA rollover and a 401k, once you turn 73, Jason, you're going to have to take a required minimum distribution out of each account. Otherwise, you violated the rules. Whereas if you have two or three IRA rollovers, it doesn't matter which account you take the money out of as long as the total amount is correct. So you're likely a ways away from 73, but that would be another consideration as to why you would not want to keep a 401k rollover as part of your retirement assets. Hopefully that's helpful. If that's at all confusing, Jason, just talk to a professional who can get you on the right path and you are going to find, depending on how well you've done during your, your life and your savings, I think you're going to find that you can make getting that retirement paycheck really simple. Excellent. Great question, Jason. Thanks for sending that one in to us. Again, you can submit questions to David online at CoverYourAssetsKC.com. Contact info in the description of today's show. Interesting that that's a pretty common problem, David. People just trying to figure out, all right, it's, it's a little bit different to manage money in retirement than it was during my working years. Just just extra hoops to consider. Not even necessarily ones you got to jump through, just to consider. So, And it also makes you a little bit nervous because all you've done for 40 or 45 years of work is yeah. put money into these accounts. And now all of a sudden, 
people say, oh my gosh, now I have to start taking money out. Well, that's a little scary. Well, that's why you saved it. Yeah. And so, you know, you can make it all, you can make it all make sense. Sometimes it's just a little bit of extra thinking through. All good points. All right. Thanks for the question there, Jason. Let's move to our uh, next and final question here from Megan. Megan says, my dad is in his 90s and his health is starting to decline. Would it be wise for him to start gifting money to me and my sister while he's still alive so that we don't have to deal with so much estate tax? We've also talked about him signing over his house to us. So, uh, Megan, there's a, believe it or not, (laughs) there's a bunch to unpack in your really good question here. So, if your dad feels like he wants to start gifting money to you, that's awesome. I didn't look it up, but I think it's seventeen grand, maybe gone up a little bit this year, that you can give to any one person. It doesn't have to be a relative. You can give it to 10 different people. Let's call it 17000 each. And you don't have to tell the IRS anything about that gift. So if that's what he wants to do is, is start gifting money, that's awesome. But you don't need to do that. You likely don't need to do that to avoid estate tax. So right now, Megan, unless your dad, let's say that your dad was married when his wife died, there's an estate tax exemption of right now $13.6 million per spouse. So if your dad dies in the next one, two, well, That's the second half of this question. If he dies before December of 2025, then potentially he has $27.2 million of estate tax exemption. Now, we don't know anything about your dad. He may have an estate that's $30, $40 million. And in that case, you would be concerned about estate tax because estate tax rates are pretty high and they go up really fast. Uh, But if his estate is less than that or significantly less than that, then nobody's going to be paying estate tax on the federal level. But in January of 2026, assuming that the Trump tax cuts, which I believe were passed in maybe 2017, assuming that those don't get extended, and right now that's a pretty good guess that they will not, that estate tax exemption drops from $13.6 million down to about $7 million dollars per spouse. So let's say your dad's estate is more on the order of 14 or 15 or 16 million. Well, then there might be some estate tax to worry about. If it's under that, then even with the reduced amounts, you still don't have to mess around with estate tax. You would want to talk to either a really informed financial advisor or an estate tax attorney about that particular situation. Here's a couple of other considerations, Megan. Just because he might avoid estate tax on the federal level, that doesn't mean that there might not be some estate tax or some inheritance tax on this on the state level. He avoids it on the federal level, but he might incur it on the state level. You don't mention where you live or your, where your dad lives, but there are maybe 14 or so states that do have either a, an estate tax or an inheritance tax. And Maryland... <laughs> has both. So since you would be surviving children, you would probably avoid estate tax. But if he happens to live in Washington, Oregon, uh, Nebraska, Iowa, basically everything in the, in the Northeast, and Hawaii, Pennsylvania, Kentucky, Illinois, those are kind of the states where if your dad lives in one of those states, you're definitely going to gonna get some good advice, because there may be some state inheritance or estate tax that you would 
have a chance of avoiding. The state tax, the, the, <laughs> that's a tricky thing to say, the state estate tax is determined by not where the beneficiaries live, but where the decedent lives. So if you happen to live in Kansas or Missouri, you might be saying, well, we don't have any of that because there isn't that in Missouri or Kansas. If he lives in Kentucky or Iowa or Minnesota or Illinois or Nebraska, well, there might be. So it, it is based on where he lives, not where you live as the beneficiary. And then you ask about um, signing over his house to you and your, um, your sister. From a tax standpoint, that would not be a good idea. When he dies, and let's say he paid a half a million dollars for his house, and now it's worth a million bucks, you are going to get that house at a stepped-up cost basis, just the same as you would any stocks that he owns. Any type of an asset that he has that has appreciated over time, you're going to receive it, you're going to inherit it at the value it has on his date of death, having nothing to do with what he paid for it. So what you wouldn't really want to do is trigger some capital gains tax because you were trying to avoid some estate tax that you otherwise wouldn't owe anyway. So Megan, these, these can get pretty complicated. If you're a super duper do-it-yourselfer, then get really involved and hopefully make some really good decisions. If you're not a super duper do-it-yourselfer, then you should hunt out a really good financial advisor and or an estate tax attorney and get some good advice there. Either way, congrats on your dad getting to be 90. That's pretty cool. Uh, Sorry about his health declining, but hopefully he is in a spot where he's going to live out the remainder of his life with a lot of assets to keep him, uh, you know, in the standard of living that he's grown accustomed to. And then you and your sister should be able to inherit whatever those assets are without much of a tax consequence to either of you. So good luck with that, Megan. If we can be of help, if you happen to live, you know, pretty close to us, give us a call. We're happy to help you with that. Otherwise, I'd strongly encourage you to seek out some good professional help while your dad's still living and make sure that all of his beneficiary designations are up to, up to date. The home he lives in, assuming he lives in a home, that you have a beneficiary designation on that deed. Uh, there's some estate planning, easy to take care of estate planning things that won't be so easy if they're not set up before he dies. Megan, good luck with that and call us if, if you think we can help you. Excellent and very helpful uh, guidance there. A lot of uh, landmines, it sounds like, in that situation that Megan's going through and something that I'm sure other clients have gone through over the years uh, there, David. So it's something people want to make sure that they navigate carefully anytime you are talking about passing assets on, trying to do it before um, you know someone passes away and is trying to do it at all efficiently and accurately and making sure you're not running afoul of any rules. And I imagine those things are also changing all the time, at least in terms of uh, amounts and additional things to consider. So it's- They are. And so it's yeah. it's it's you know a little difficult to keep up with all of that. Yeah. You know another thing that this is just a I guess a little a little add on, but I have in the last year I've seen a really nice lady who came in with a really thick trust book from a Kansas City law firm, and her husband had died and he had a fairly complex set of assets, and what she found out was that the law firm that set up all these really good estate planning tools, the assets that he had were not actually placed into the trust. 
They might have given her specific instructions. She might have thought that they were going to do it. But Megan, just because you have a big trust book for your dad doesn't mean that the trust has been funded with the assets that he owns. So while he's living is the best time to make sure that things are all settled. Once he's gone, what you don't want to do is spend a bunch of money on a probate attorney waiting for a probate judge to declare that you and your sister actually do own all of these assets. Okay, very good. Extra clarification there for you, Megan. And thank you again to the question from Jason earlier as well. If you've got questions of your own for David, you can see how simple or complex questions can often be. But uh, the point is, ask them. Get the conversation started, and you can walk down that line of getting a better financial plan in place. David will help guide you there. He, of course, is the president and wealth advisor of KC Financial Advisors. And you can set up time to meet for a complimentary review or ask a question, uh, perhaps if it's something simple on your mind as well, over the phone at 913-317-1414 or go online to coveryourassetskc.com and get in touch through the website. It's also where you can find other great resources to help you in your retirement planning journey. That's coveryourassetskc.com. Link and phone number in the description of today's show. David, thanks for all the help. I hope your February uh, wraps up nicely, and we'll look forward to catching up with you in March. I will look forward to that as well, Walter. Thanks. Very good. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll see you next time right back here on Cover Your Assets KC. Advisory services offered through Creative One Wealth, LLC, an investment advisor. KC Financial Advisors and Creative One Wealth, LLC, are not affiliated. We are an independent financial services firm, helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance products to custom suit their needs and objectives. The information and opinions contained in this program have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. They are given for informational purposes only and are not a solicitation to buy or sell any of the products mentioned. The information is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. This material has been provided by a licensed insurance professional for informational and educational purposes only and is not endorsed or affiliated with the Social Security Administration or any government agency. It is not intended to provide and should not be relied upon for accounting, legal, tax, or investment advice.